0: And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good
1: afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and happy new year. We're back. And uh, of course, on a mission in 2023, as we have been for 25 years to bring you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And gosh, for a lot of the late part of 2021 2022 and now the early part of 2023 we're just we're just trying to get a grip on the market just trying to just trying to see what is happening in various aspects of the real estate investing world given this combination of higher interest rates and slowing sales and high inflation and Yet still a housing shortage. Like it's a weird time to be in the real estate world right now. But weird times are good because it is in weird times where opportunities show up for people who are prepared for them. And it's in weird times when your competitors uh, who don't bother to keep themselves abreast of what's going on uh, tend to back away from the market. So we can sort of doing a bit of a series on what to expect in wholesaling, what to expect in retailing, and today it's, got, it's all about what to expect in the apartment world. Uh, apartments have been a very interesting asset class over the course of about the last 10 years with uh, just crazy uh, growth and... Compression of cap rates and uh, availability of some interesting financing, interesting bridge financing, and whatnot. And uh, today we are going to try and figure out what is happening in that world right now with higher interest rates and and rents that are starting to decline and uh what what opportunities we might see in the near future because of those things my guest today is anthony chara who left what i'm sure was an incredibly rewarding career in corporate america cuz everybody who leaves corporate america for real estate just goes on and on and on about how great their corporate america career was but uh he he left that job After 16 years and has now been uh, buying mostly apartments for about the last 20 years, he and his partners are at upwards of 1600 doors closed all around the country at this point. So he's got a he's got a good um, he's got a good feel, not just for what's going on in his own investments, but in other folks investments all over the country, since he also coaches apartment owners all over the country he is joining us today by phone anthony welcome to real life real estate
2: well thank you Nina. thank you very much
1: <laughs> oh and and also he does all office impression <laughs> just 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 so <laughs> y'all know. <laughs> you
2: gotta hear my arnold schwarzenegger
1: <clears throat> yeah maybe later in the show Maybe after what, maybe if we run out of things to talk about, about apartments, (laughs) because I'm sure there's nothing to say (laughs) about, about that,
2: like that, like like I've ever been stumped. uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, true story. So give us the, give us the high level summary, because we're going to, we're going to dig into each of these pieces as the show goes on. And of course, we're also going to answer questions that folks who are listening might have, but give us the high level summary of what the last 12 months have been like in the apartment world. That's that was, that that has been different and of what we might see coming up in the next 12 months.
2: Ooh. Okay. So the last 12 months, I think uh, we're all in agreement. We've seen interest rates rising on loans. The, the, problem, though, is is that cap rates for apartments have not been rising or not been rising as quickly as interest rates. So we've we've actually seen an inversion or an inverting of the cap rate to interest rate uh, situation. So we're, normally, you want to buy with a high cap rate and a low interest rate uh, because cap rates have been compressing, as you stated earlier, over the last few years, and then interest rates have gone up because inflation has gone up. We're now seeing where cap rates are still in the four or five, five and a half range in a lot of areas, major cities, but interest rates have gone up to six, six and a half, seven, seven and a half percent, depending on how much money you want to borrow.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the biggest thing uh, that's, that's really slowed down the apartment purchasing. There's still a lot of stuff being sold and a lot of deals being done, but they have slowed down a little bit. Um, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people out there buying strictly on pro forma because they think um, with and rightly so with inflation going up as high as it is, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, rental rates that are still below market level that can be raised, which definitely increases the value of the property. The problem is, is that people in the next 12 months to 18 months to kind of look forward to answer the second half of your question, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be in trouble with their apartments because they bought them on either bridge loans or short-term interest rate loans, meaning that within two to three years, they needed to refinance the property or sell the property. And something has to give. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: With interest rates going up as high as they're going and cap rates staying down, either interest rates have to drop back down, which I don't see happening in the near future. As a matter of fact, the Fed is probably going to raise them a little bit more in the next couple of months to help continue to slow inflation Uh, and so some of these people when they see the interest rates have gone up and they bought their properties based on let's say a a five percent interest rate and a five percent cap rate and now all of a sudden the interest rate is seven percent and the cap rates haven't gone up or going up slowly They're going to be in trouble with the valuation on their property. Mm -hmm. And when you have lenders that want to see or only loan 70 to 75 cents on the dollar, with interest rates going up, their loan payments are going to go up and they're not going to be able to cash flow. In some cases, there's a lot of people who are buying properties with zero cash flow or even negative cash flow because they were banking on – The rental rates being so below market that they could raise them, which would increase the value of the property tremendously. But that's not going to happen because of the high interest rates. Mm -hmm. And so what's going to happen when they go to refinance these properties in the next 6, 12, 18 months, they're either going to have to come to the table with a lot more money in order to do their refi, or they're going to be bailing on their properties and they're going to be going into either a short sale mode or a foreclosure mode.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and... That's a really good summary of the concept that lots of people made bad deals and they could turn into good deals (laughs) for the folks who, (laughs) for the folks who are, who are ready for that. And of course, educated enough to understand what they should be paying in the current market. Uh, we're going to take a quick break after which we are going to come back and, uh, analyze all that stuff Anthony just said piece by piece and also, We are going to take your questions about apartment investing, the apartment market right now, all of those sorts of things. You can give us a call at 877-772-9658. Again, that is 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email. Just send it to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Anthony Chara, who we're just, I mean, he's been, he's been a guest many, many times. If you go to the podcast at realliferealestate.com, it, we've talked about apartments from many different perspectives over the years. And some, some of, some of those perspectives are still like some of the fundamentals are still going to be the same. If you want to, go back and search for his name and listen to some more of his programs. But today we are focusing on what you need to do and know to take advantage of some of the opportunities that are likely to crop up in the apartment business in the next year that that just haven't been around. I mean, they've been around, but you had to search for them a lot harder than maybe you're going to have to search for them this year. Uh, so, Anthony, it's, it sounds like the apartment market is kind of hanging in that weird space that the residential market is where prices need to go down because of interest rates. But the sellers haven't gotten the memo. And so they yeah. are they are asking a price that they probably could have gotten this time last year and nobody's paying it. And so you're seeing more inventory on the market. There's just there's it's taking longer to sell stuff because it's not selling because that price doesn't make sense at current interest rates. Is that sort of what you're seeing?
2: That that pretty much sums it up. There, there are still deals getting done, just not as many. And we have started to see some prices drop in different areas around the country, anywhere from five to 10 to 15 percent on apartments, just because, again, it, Interest rates are too high compared to cap rates, mm-hmm. and the only way to combat that is to get the price down so that by the time you have your income minus all of your operating expenses minus your debt service, you've got enough cash flow left over to actually have a profit. Because if you don't have a profit and you can't save for a rainy day because there are things that are going to happen that are, can be unforeseen on your property and you don't have that extra cash – you could be upside down and lose the property very quickly.
3: Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. And, and not, not to mention that you, you're going to, even if you manage to feed it, you're going to feel like, why am I doing this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get into this to, to, to have my savings be sucked to dry to <laughs> feed this whale that just keeps eating and eating and eating.
3: Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, you and I have both seen this before. We've both seen markets that everybody who is has any experience is looking at them and going, y- "You guys know you could sell your properties if you would price them at a <laughs> price that made sense to anybody." And it t- it's there's lag time. You know, there's there's six to nine months of lag time before sellers start. Sellers or their agents who don't want to list a property, it's not going to sell start saying okay either it's not the right time to sell or i need to adjust my pricing expectations but the first people who start into that uh path that everybody in, ends up going down is the people who really need to sell like if if you if you're just if you're just kind of selling cuz hey you know maybe somebody will pay me a lot for this deal you can you can take it off the market and keep it until things get better but if you are already in trouble with your loan or you the you know the owner has died or uh you know there's a there's a divorce happening or the company that owns it is having partnership disputes and breaking up those folks must sell and therefore those are the ones that end up uh even even if the if even if the on market price isn't lower than isn't isn't where it should be those are the people who take the offers during this weird hang time stage how would i if i was in the market for let's say a 20 unit apartment building do you have any tips for me about how i would identify people who might be in those types of situations so that i could pursue them harder
2: oh um, well, the first thing I would do is it in, it doesn't matter if it's apartments or single-family homes or anything else in real estate. It, it all comes down to the relationship, and I think the best thing anybody can do is create relationships with the right people in the right markets. So I may not know of somebody who's having partnership issues and they need to sell or their loan is coming due and <clears> – <throat> They decided that they want to sell it or they need to sell it because they're upside down or they're you – know, I've, I've met a lot of people, and I know you've met a lot of people over the years, Vina, who bought something because somebody told them it was a good deal, and they didn't do their actual research and their due diligence properly because they didn't know what they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And they ended up getting it over their head and then find out that, oh, my God, this is eating me alive. I'm spending all this time managing this property and putting money into it, and I'm just losing money or I'm not making any money, and I'm, I, I I left one job for another job. Mm-hmm. And that's not what real estate investing is about. So we don't know all those people, but there are people out there that do. So the best thing that I can recommend is that you create relationships with people in the market where you want to buy.
3: Mm-hmm. Go out
2: and find if you're interested in apartments, go out and find the commercial real estate agents that specialize in smaller properties like 12, 20, 30 units, if that's what you're looking for. Go out and create relationships with them. Create relationships with property managers that manage those size buildings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Create relationships with uh, lenders in that market that loan on that type of property or bankers that loan on that type of property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, especially and people
1: and, in the not 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 to interrupt you but I want to make sure that the folks who are listening understand what a relationship means it does not mean call the vice president of lending at the bank and say hey if you ever have any good apartment deals call me that's that's not a relationship yeah. you're not you're not going to get no, the that's... you're not going to get the secret uh listen we would we would let this go in a short sale cuz we don't want to take it back phone call by making a single phone call and bragging about how great you are and
2: um, giving them your phone number. Right. Anybody can do that. You're absolutely correct. Creating a relationship means that you there's more to it than you just calling them up or sending them a letter or worse, a postcard that says, hey, I want to buy you an apartment. Do you have an apartment <laughs> for sale? <laughs> you know. as I tell people, if you've got an Internet connection and a credit card, you can have a short-term relationship on the computer, but that's not what we're talking about here. So. <laughs> So make sure that you get to know the person. One of the things that I, I tell some of my students is the best thing you can do is walk into their office, whether it's a real estate agent, a property manager, a lender, um, and and you know as well as I do, Vina, even your local real estate group meetings, right? Go mm-hmm. there and, and network with people, mm-hmm. actually create relationships, um, get together with people that... And get involved in some of the subcommittees or you know, get a group of people together for lunch or go to a cash flow game with a bunch of people and keep going back again and again. If you think you're just going to walk in one time and say, hi, I'm here, I'm uh, the answer to apartments,
3: uh-huh.
2: everybody's going to say, yeah, okay, that's nice. But it, it, you have to have that consistency.
3: Mm-hmm. So uh,
2: what I tell my students is go into their office and look for what I call signs of life. And people like, oh, you mean people walking around and living and breathing? And no, no, no. I'm talking about signs of life. Walk into the agent's office and look for things like pictures of their family, uh, pictures of their hobbies. You'll you'll see somebody up there with either a you know a fish that they caught or uh, their son or daughter playing softball or baseball or basketball or soccer. Um, look for their diplomas. You know, try and create some type of a connection with them based on what you're seeing. And the other thing you can do, too, is, as an example I have is um, uh, it, let's say you see a guy who's who's got a son or a daughter that's got their softball or baseball picture, right? You go, when you leave, you actually send them a thank you card, not an email, but an actual hard thank you card. And I also recommend what you do is, in this example is you put in a couple of baseball tickets, Right? I think you guys have a baseball team there in Cincinnati. There's a
1: rumor that that's the case, but it's rumor, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's an unproven. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a team. Is it is there a professional team? Yeah, ask me next summer.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, as a caller, they they have a great nickname in the Big Red Machine. At least they used to be the Big Red Machine a couple decades ago. But what you do is you send them send them a couple baseball tickets, and not the cheap nosebleed seats up in the top level. Right? Give them some really good seats. Spend a little bit of money. And what you're doing is you're creating that relationship and building rapport with them. So when a deal comes across their table that they know you would be interested in, you're one of the first people that they call. hmm hmm Yes. And that's one of the best things you can do is create that relationship with those different people. Take them to lunch. Take them to dinner. I also have a rule, too. I tell people, ask them where they want to go, but you pay for it. hmm and you have to be prepared because if they decide they want to go to Tavern on the Green, which of course is not in, not in Cincinnati, but if you were in New York and they wanted to go to Tavern on the Green, it's like okay, that's fine. And then you suck it up and you pay two, three, four hundred bucks for lunch um, because you asked, and that's where they wanted to go.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so another another get used to it. Another great relationship building thing, and this is this is particularly true within local real estate associations, but also you know with the Guy at the bank who's going to be in charge of disposing of properties should they unfortunately come back to the bank and so on is don't forget to ask how you can help them. I mean you're, you're they're hoping to get help from them, but I find very often if I say, "Is there anything I can do for you?" Like, "What's the what's the biggest thing you need right now?" They're they're surprised, but then they'll say something like, "Well, we really would like to get more." accounts or more we'd like to do more loans on this kind of property and i say great give me whatever information you have on that and i will i will pass that on to everybody i know who wants to loan on that kind of property or who wants to move their business account and they're they're surprised right but they also remember it and they especially remember it if you actually come through
2: yep great point yep all right uh we it's need to we even even I was going to say, even though we all listen to the same radio station, WIIFM, <laughs> right, to what's in it for me, mm-hmm. uh, that's a great point because they're, they're listening to that same radio station and what's in it for them. But obviously, you want that next apartment building or next deal that's in trouble that you could potentially help them out of being in trouble, but they also need help on their end. So that's a great point.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to take another quick break, after which we're going to come back and answer some of the questions that have popped up at askvina at gmail.com. If you have a question, you can either send it there or you can give us a call 877-772-9658. Welcome back to real life, real estate investing, talking today to Anthony Chara about the kind of, kind of how to prepare yourself for the 2023 opportunities in the apartment market. And so far, uh, some really great advice, Anthony, about plugging yourself in now to places where people later might know about some deals that other people don't yet know about and the love it that you talked about building relationships. That's been a big theme, uh, here over the last year or two as, as more and more folks have come on and said, that's how well, my whole business is built is on relationships. Uh, postcards are nice, but what's even nicer is when you know the vice president of a small regional bank who is terrified of taking back a property that they know uh, is about to default. So, um, there's another chunk to this, which is, part a big part of being prepared to to strike when you see a good deal and that is making sure your analysis skills are in place because it's it's not going to work anymore to say well you know i'm close enough and since rents are doubling every year and people are starving to buy properties at way more than what they're worth. It doesn't matter if I exactly know what the cap rate is or the NOI is or the timmer is or whatever. And it's my experience that in in markets like this, where things are changing and changing fast, you have got to be good at the evaluation part. is Anthony still there? I'm still here. (laughs) You didn't hear a question in that, did you? (laughs) Do you agree, agree, Anthony?
2: I agree agree with you, yes. I absolutely agree that you need to understand how to evaluate your properties and not just look at how the property is performing today, but how it's going to perform next year and the year after. And, yeah, you need to be plugged in, not just from a relationship standpoint to find properties to buy, but you need to be plugged in with the right people in the market to know what direction the market is going. Mm-hmm. especially regarding rental rates and vacancy rates or people moving into the area or are people moving out of the area, mm-hmm. you know, where there are some areas around the country where more people are leaving than moving in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though people see, well, the, but the rental rates are still going up. They're still going up five, six, seven, eight 8% a year. Well, that's great, but it's not going to be sustainable if you have 10,000 people moving out of the city every year yep. and only 1,000 people moving into the city.
1: Yep. Yep. And, 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 and being plugged into people who are actually in the business right now who can tell you things like, um, it's taking longer to rent units than it did six months ago. Now, do I see that in the Wall Street Journal? I do not. Do I see that on, you know, any of the, any of the statistical websites I see that I, that I follow? I do not. But that is the experience of a lot of folks that I am talking to uh, in order to get the in order to get to units rented in a fairly quick time frame. A lot of people are doing something that they haven't done for the last five years, which is they are keeping the rent the same. They're not raising it, even though the tenant was there for a year and a half and moved out. And all of that stuff is I mean, that's your bread and butter. When you're a, when you're in an, when you're in an apartment investment, I don't know what has happened to my tongue. I keep tripping over it all of a sudden. Um, but, uh, uh, knowing that sort of thing as well, but I, I just, I feel like and maybe I'm wrong. You're more plugged into this than I am, but I feel like over the last, especially five years, a lot of, Newerish apartment investors have neglected their evaluation education cuz it didn't matter that much because rents were going to go up 17% every year and because they um they could be pretty confident that they that if they sold the property next year someone was going to buy it at a lower cap rate meaning for more money and in a market where those two things might not be true you got to be good at understanding how to crunch the numbers and come up with a value, or you're going to make a bad
2: purchase. Uh, absolutely. And it's all market specific too. So as you're seeing things slow down in uh, in the Cincinnati area, there's other areas around the country where rents are still going up
3: mm-hmm. 7,
2: 10, 15%. So you need to understand your market and what's going on in your market, number one. And then number two, Uh, yes, what happened last year doesn't necessarily mean the same thing is going to happen this year. And there were some people that were buying, and I've seen them do it. They were buying strictly off of pro forma numbers. Mm -hmm. So this year, they were not going to make any money on their purchase at all. They were going to have pretty much zero cash flow. And whatever money they did make was going to go right back into the property to uh, continue to fix it up or upgrade units and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they assumed that their rents were going to go up 12 to 15%. And they were going to go up 12 to 15% this year and 12 to 15% next year. (laughs) And therefore the property was going to be worth X amount more. And uh, I, matter of fact, I saw one, a deal a couple months ago came across my desk that these guys, three brothers were looking at. And I thought it was interesting because they were still showing on their pro forma numbers to their investors, their investment packet. They were still showing that the cap rates were going to compress two to three years down the road. Hmm. And it's like, what are you looking at when interest rates have already jumped from four and a half to five and a half percent up to six percent? And you're showing that you're buying it at a cap rate of 5.4 and in two or three years it's going to go down to five. And I think it went down to 4.8 or 4.6. It's like, wow. uh, something has to give. You can't keep having compressing cap rates when interest rates are going up to 6%, 7%, and that's what you can borrow money at. And that that's, if you borrow a lot of money, if you borrow a small amount of money, and in apartments a small amount of money is under a million dollars, you're looking at, in some cases, interest rates that are 7.5%, 8%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, you absolutely need to understand the analysis and and talk to people, like you said, you know, who've seen those cycles before. Um, you, you've made a comment about, um how the market is going down and some people don't get it because it's a 6 to 9 month lag uh, the what happened in 2007 2008 is a lot of people were what's called chasing the market they put they they put their market their property on the market for a little bit higher than what they thought it was worth thinking that things the market was just going to keep going up And then what happened is the market dropped a little bit, so then they dropped their price a little bit. And then the market dropped a little more, and they dropped their price a little bit more. But each time they dropped it, they were still above what it was truly worth. And so now they're chasing the value down instead of getting ahead of the curve, dropping the price, taking a little bit of a hit, but take it sooner in the cycle, get the property sold, get out of it, so that you can take that money and reinvest it in something else that – Mm-hmm. is going up, because all market cycles are different, too. You might get out of an apartment and go into an office building or, or into storage or something like that, depending on what's happening in your market.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. And I, I hate to keep harping on this analysis thing, but I I don't know. I talk to a lot of people who say, oh, I have this apartment investment that I want you to get into. And I say, well, what are the numbers like? And they give me the gross rent. And they give me the utilities and the taxes and insurance and that's it. Like that's all they know. <laughs> that's all they, that's all they even know to ask about. And I say, well, that doesn't, but it's a great deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And how do you know it's a great deal? Cause another 20 family sold across town for 50% more than this. And uh, apartment analysis is just different. It's just different than the way we do single family homes. There, there's an alphabet soup of, Terms that you have to you don't you not only have to understand what they are because your banker is going to ask you about them, but you also have to understand how to understand what they are now and how to project them. and And right now, you know, you you might actually do more than one projection. You know, you said a lot of people are buying on pro forma. You probably want to do like a best case scenario. A this is probably the realistic case scenario, and a what if rents don't go up or they drop or my interest rate goes up scenario and see what those three things look like. But if you, if you don't know what, you know, DSCR is, please don't ask me for any money for your apartment investment. (laughs) I'm I'm not interested (laughs) if you don't understand what a debt service coverage ratio is. And I can tell you, no banker is going to be interested either. So get those skills together, ladies and gentlemen, um question here in the um in the Svena at gmail dot com inbox. Uh and this is boy Anthony, this is exactly what you were saying earlier. This is from SK who says, I am in a joint venture deal that is not cash flowing. It is thirty units in a B area. So you know, pretty good area. The asset manager and team are very experienced, but this deal was for the limited partners to make the jump to partnering. Then the financing changed. What are the options for that? I don't want to sell, but I need cash flow, and I was expecting to be paid off by now.
2: Well, uh, we need to know more about their existing terms now when they say the terms changed did the terms change before they bought it or did the terms change after they bought it? Well, I'm,
1: I'm projecting here that what happened is they got a bridge loan.
2: Yeah.
1: And their, their whole, their whole thing was, yeah, we have to pay this back in a year, but it will be okay. Cause look, the interest rates will be 5% and they're not. And now they're probably having trouble getting out. They're probably having trouble financing out of the bridge loan. Cause the numbers just don't work for a permanent loan at six and a half or seven percent
2: right so they they have a couple of options at that point number one would be to go to the investors and say hey we want to save this deal we still believe in it and here's why and do a good analysis with their takeout financing in place and then talk to experts in the market like property managers that manage that type of property to confirm that they can still raise rental rates and at what amount Uh, And then keep the deal long term. I think any time you keep a deal long term and you look at it from a long term perspective, I think you'll you'll be fine. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: It just depends on uh, how long people can hold out. Yeah. uh, Because there are going to be downturns in the market. The other option would be that if they can't or the investors don't want to bring in the money, then they're going to have to sell it and potentially take a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, a third option for that person if they want out would be to go back to the partnership and say hey can you guys buy me out or what does the uh, the the operating agreement say about being bought out if that in if that just that one individual needs to go because occasionally we'll have deals where we'll have 20 to 30 people in the deal and sometimes the deal is going okay but there's a person that just needs to get out something changed in their life and they need to get out so their operating agreement would have Um, A paragraph or two or three in there that says, okay, if you want to get out early, we were expecting this to be a five or 10 year deal. If you want to get out early, here's the procedures that you need to go through Mm -hmm. to get out.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and SK, I, I, you didn't say this Either way, but I sincerely hope that these folks who are the sponsors of this deal are communicating with everybody about we are, we are putting together a plan. We're going to present you, we all with some options. Here's what needs to happen and not just burying their heads. Cause burying your head when you've got a loan that's going to balloon is just a very bad idea.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing I would tell SK2 is and even the investment team is whatever you do, don't panic. Uh, If you've already owned the deal and you're having some issues there, there's going to be a way around it or a way out of it or a way through it. But the worst thing you do is panic. And then just, uh, because occasionally we've had deals too, where we've had some investors who it's like the Pareto principle, right? 80% of the complaints come from 20% of the investors. Mm -hmm. And, the more they bitch and complain, it's like you're not actually helping just by bitching and complaining. You know, you know, here's what we're doing to help this investment. Here's what we're doing to turn this investment around. Here's the plan that's in place. We've got it in place. And a lot of times it just takes time to work through the issues that you have.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: there are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. So the best thing you can do is rather than complaining or panicking – is also maybe do some research and come up with some ideas. Well, what if we tried this? What if we tried that? Is, can we do this option over here and get everybody thinking and brainstorming out of a bad situation?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Always try and always try and solve the problem collaboratively. We need to take one more quick break when we come back. We're going to take more questions and talk to Anthony some more about where he sees the opportunities in the 2023 apartment market. Uh, You can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Anthony Chara about possible opportunities coming up in the 2023 market. And Anthony, it sounds like all, all, everything you're saying is pointing to this is, this is a good year to be in the apartment market if you are looking to acquire. It might be challenging if you're looking to sell, (laughs) but if you are looking to acquire properties, uh, this is, this is one of those opportunities that only comes around once every, you know, 10 years or so and then doesn't last as long as we all Kind of wish it would if we're in buying mode. So getting people prepped for that, getting people prepped for, okay, I've been thinking about apartments for a long time. I haven't done one yet, but it sounds like this might be a year where the barriers are lowered (laughs) to going out and finding a good deal. Um, Cincinnati RIA is sponsoring an all-day workshop with you on January the 28th, right? It's a Saturday, January 28th, I believe is the date. And the whole day is going to be you kind of showing people how to do these evaluations and get these numbers and understand what the numbers mean and giving advice on like the cap rate you're looking for in particular areas can be found out this way. Is that, is that a good summary of what you're going to share with folks?
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, going through the numbers as well too. Um, so yes, what, what to look for in a deal um, to basically look on how the property is performing today and figure out what the property is worth today based on how it's operating today. Um, I think in the past five or six years, There was a lot of people that were buying stuff on Proforma because cap rates were compressing. I think um, the bonus depreciation that the government was providing also drove a lot of people to buy properties just because they wanted that extra depreciation benefit Mm -hmm. that helped them out with their taxes and things like that. So that also drove the prices up because people could pay a little bit extra for a property in order to get their hands on that depreciation because if they didn't get the property, then they didn't get the depreciation. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so that in turn also caused as, cap rate, as prices go up, the cap rates go down. So we're going to be talking a lot about that and what it means, what cap rates mean. So if you don't know understand what a cap rate is and what we're talking about, we're going to go through that. We're going to talk about analyzing the deal. We're going to talk about current loan terms, and there are different loan terms depending on how much money that you're borrowing. And uh, actually we'd like some people to – have live deals ready to go. So if you want to find a deal anywhere in the country and have that ready to potentially be analyzed live in the class, mm-hmm. uh, so that you and everybody can see how to do it, um, mm-hmm. we recommend doing that because you're going to learn more from actually analyzing a live deal than just crunching a bunch of numbers that somebody throws up on a screen.
1: Yeah. So a really a really good step for folks who are they're they're anxious to dive in, but they're pretty sure they don't know how to dive in <laughs> just yet and uh, uh folks can get more information on that and register at dot com. Cincinnati, and i should say it's online so you don't have to be in cincinnati in order to uh see it and i think it's going to work really well online because i know you spend a lot of time like you know here's the spreadsheet here's what we plug in here here's the and i i i, I like watching that on my computer um couple of quick questions from listeners. Uh, this is, I don't know who this is. It came from a business email. But he or she says, I'm just joining the show, uh, but I'm very curious about how you vet other general partners if you're a general partner looking to put a deal together and the same thing for limited partners. So, so what he's asking is, okay, maybe I have a bank loan, but maybe I need some cash or... I know you're I know you're big Anthony into the idea of getting an experienced partner who you can show the bank and say, see, he's done this before. Um not all partnerships are good partnerships. So how would you vet up front whether working with a particular general or limited partner was going to be a good experience for you?
2: That's a great question. Um I, I wish I had asked that question about twenty years ago. When I started doing <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, <laughs> uh. But, but I'll tell you right now, I, I've uh, one of the things you can do, first off with me, I know some people that do vet their limited partners. These are people that are just coming in and giving them money mm-hmm. to do a deal and a indication I, I don't do that. I think if uh, they should be vetting me, but if you're willing to give me money and they're willing to sign the operating agreement, which basically says I or one of my partners has pretty much autonomy to run this deal the way that they see fit, And you can offer your opinion, you can offer congratulations, you can scream and yell and curse and do all that stuff, but in the end it doesn't mean anything, then that's fine. I'll take your money and use it in our particular deal if you're willing to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, of course, some people that once (laughs) we find out that they're a pain in the butt, we don't allow them in any other deals.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: But that's a different story. Uh, With partners, you do need to vet your general partners, your experienced partners. Uh, just because I or somebody else um, on the radio or I have other classes and things that we do and there's people that, that rave about us, there's also detractors. There's no doubt about it. And you should do your research. It could be as simple as going on Google and doing a Google search on the person's name or going to their Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Um, There's other websites out there where you can post questions about, hey, what do you think of this person, and get feedback Mm -hmm. on what they're like and how their deals have gone and things like that. Um, You should do that. Uh, But even doing that, there are still people out there. I mentioned earlier about, gee, I wish I had asked that question earlier. I had one partner that he was the main person, and I kind of, in essence, was riding his coattails. I had experience, but I didn't have as much as him. So I came in as a money raiser, and I was helping him raise money for his deals. And he sounded like he had more experience than me when it came to apartments when I first started up, which he did. The problem was is he had no common sense. <laughs> he, he, was all about, he was all about making sure that the investors got paid and could have cared less about the properties. Hmm. And I'm the exact opposite. If you take care of the property and you take care of your residents. Then the residents take care of the property, and the property takes care of the cash flow, and the cash flow takes care of the investors.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: mm-hmm. all he concentrated on was cash flow, which meant he was not putting <coughs> excuse me he was not putting <laughs> enough money back into the property to maintain it. So vacancies would go up, and instead of repairing things preventively, like one case we had a parking lot, we could have re resealed it, restriped it for like eighteen thousand dollars. He said, "No, we don't have any money. We have to pay the investors." So he chose to pay the investors. Well, a couple of years later, because he had let it go for so long, now to redo it, we couldn't just reseal it and restripe it. We had to completely rip it up and put down new overlayment, or just mm-hmm. put down the new overlayment. I don't even remember the technical term, but it went from eighteen thousand, and two or three years later, it was now eighty-three thousand. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: Yep. So um, so make sure make so that was one Yeah, make sure make sure that you and your you and your general partners are aligned in your philosophies and values as well as just like you have good complementary uh skill sets. Anthony, we're we are out of time. Yep. Uh I do look forward Aww. to I know. I do look forward to reattending your class. This will be about the third time I've taken it on January the 24th. Again, listeners can get more information about that online class. 28th, 28th, sorry. Listeners can get more information about that online class at CincinnatiRia.com. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.